Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my listeners. Welcome to episode seven of Why Are People Into That? with my guest, Kelly Shibari. I originally met Kelly when she was the director of Padded Kink, which was a porn site that combined BBW genres with kink content in a way that nobody really ever had before. I felt especially invested in the question, what is it about different sized bodies that Kelly's fans and quite a few of the rest of us find so appealing? And how can we all feel great about our bodies no matter what size we are? Recently, Kelly has been making headlines as the first ever plus size cover model of Penthouse Forum, so it's pretty clear she's paving the way for curvy models everywhere to express their fabulousness. I got Kelly to confess what she was really like in her pre-porn rock and roll roadie days, and she taught me all about panda hugs. So get some big boobies in your face and enjoy Why Are People Into Size? Hi, Kelly Shibari. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm so happy that you're here on my fold-out couch. Yes. Um, and it's maybe starting to get a little bit nicer outside. Yesterday was surprising because I've been in New York since... Well, I was in Jersey on Friday uh, for, for the, Exotica. For Exotica. And I've been in New York for, you know, for a week since Sunday. And it's April. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the middle of April. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I had pretty much expected, like, I, you know, for the cold to have gone away. And, in fact, before I flew out, I went on Twitter and I asked everybody. I was like, okay, so I'm coming to New York. The blizzards are gone, right? And everybody was like, well, bring a light jacket. It's still kind of, some of the nights are kind of chilly. Yeah. Last night, it, it snowed. snowed. Yeah. <laughs> it snowed. And the forecast, not to talk about the weather, but the, the forecast said... 50. Yeah. And I, I went to a Seder in, you know, like mm-hmm. a, an hour train right away. And I was wearing like a fucking windbreaker. Right. And, and then on the way home, it was fucking snowing. And yeah, it's the, it's the middle of April. It's really, we're, it's, it's been a long winter and it's just going to be, it, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to go straight from snow to booty shorts. I feel like. Right. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, and you, but you're from New York, right? Um, I lived in Brooklyn for about six years. I'm originally from Japan. Oh, that's right. Um, and I went to college in the South and then in the Midwest. And then um, I actually went to college to become a roadie because that was what I wanted to do. And Amazing. Um, <laughs> sex, drugs, rock and roll. Um, I have two down. I don't know if I want to do the third. But um, <laughs> So I wanted to be a roadie, and I was told that if I went to a particular university that they had an arena on campus, I could do my college work study. Um, being a stagehand for rock and roll tours because um, that industry is very similar to porn in that it really is who you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you find kind of... I feel of, like every industry is actually yeah, like that. Yeah, every kind of, Especially entertainment. Journalism is, yeah, very um, much like that. And so once I got out of college, I moved to New York be- to become a stagehand mm-hmm. and to go on rock and roll tours. So I, I lived that, the, t- the tour bus lifestyle for about five or six years. Do you have any really great stories from your years as a roadie? I feel like I want to read that book. Okay, so... There, the the thing about being the only girl. Okay, so so backtracking, most um, women crew members on a rock and roll tour are wardrobe, right, um, or makeup, right, and they do like the traditional girl jobs, sure. And they're like it, it's it's not uh, a huge huge exaggeration to say that most of them are like the girlfriend of somebody in the band, right, I, right, because yeah. it's like their way of getting to go on tour, right. Um, but when you are either a, a scenic tech, a stagehand, or a lighting tech, which I've done both, um, you get to travel on the bus with the boys. Interesting. So they don't... But they do they let the, the wardrobe folks on the bus No, because the they boys? usually travel with either... They usually travel ahead, um, or they travel with the band. Right. Because they're usually the girlfriend of somebody in the band. Oh, I see. to the crew. So you're, like, on the bus with the crew. With the boys in the crew. Right. And they are some of the smelliest people on the planet. I bet. <laughs> so, um, and, and they're awesome in their own way. But, you know, these are... You can be awesome and we're, smelly. Yeah, we're, we're, su- <laughs> we're super sweaty. We're usually exhausted. We usually, you know, most of the, the rigging and the lighting, you know, things happen on a concert tour, like, sequentially, like, you know, chronologically, like... Things have to go in first before the stage can go in. And so the rigging goes in first, then the lighting, and then the staging. It's very physical labor. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of physical labor. Um, and technical prowess as well. Yeah, and, and loading and unloading off of trucks. And, you know, you have to make sure you're not hurting yourself, so you're always wearing steel toe boots. Um, and, your Ooh, hair is, and your hair is super short. So that, that whole period of my life, I had extremely short hair. Oh, my God. Um, and it was super butchy looking. Wait, so you're, what you're, tell- you're, you're asking me right now... To imagine <laughs> baby Kelly Shibari in steel toe boots, steel toe boots, and the short hair, uh, army army BDUs, uh huh, yeah. Carhartts, Carhartts, yeah, uh huh, caterpillar boots, and just like maybe not really sh- like perspiring, yeah. probably, and, yeah, and like uh, like bulging my, biceps from lifting not really bulging, things. but definitely defined uh, musculature, uh-huh. and, and lifting with your legs, yeah, and, uh-huh. and a lot Squatting. of See, this is why. In a lot of, um, you know, my hair was cut very short. Like, it was, like, almost shaped on on the sides with, like, a little bit on top. It was, um, and so, yeah, so. uh, Well, you don't want to get your hair, like, cut. You don't want to get cut. So you also don't wear a lot of jewelry, which is why I started getting tattoos. Oh, Because it was my way of actually having something decorative. Yeah. Um, Because, like, every once in a while you do get invited to, like, some sort of black tie event. And I don't carry jewelry with me because you don't want to get caught in anything. So, um, yeah, which is why even now, <clears throat> unless I'm going to like an award show or something, I don't even 
uh, I don't wear earrings. I don't really care, wear a lot of rings. Um, that's just not... Because somebody might ask you to, like, pick up a Marshall stack or something <laughs> at any point. Um, or, or, you know, or hang a light. Yeah. You know, yeah. so... Uh, yeah, so that was my, my super butchy boy phase. And um, so you're traveling with, you know, on a tour bus, there's uh, anywhere from 8 to 12 people sleeping in bunks. Yeah. You know, and there's, like, a lounge in the front and a lounge in the back. And the lounge in the back is usually for, like, the groupies. Um, and uh, basically, we, we work all day. Uh-huh. Um, we're usually too exhausted to take a shower. Mm-hmm. You get into your bunk. Um and there are all sorts of bodily noises throughout the evening. And so if you happen to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, it is probably one of the things that you just don't want to experience. It's just, it's just a lot of farty smells. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> raunch. I'm, th- I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning raunch. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that lifestyle, um, and then subsequently becoming a production designer, you know, you're doing a lot of carpentry work. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, I mean, you're not on tour anymore. You're not living on a tour bus anymore, but you're still doing kind of like what's stereotypically considered guy work, you know, right. um, you know, and probably like working extra hard to get people's respect. Um, not necessarily. I just was just more physical. So you're climbing ladders, you're painting, you're loading trucks, you're carrying furniture around, you're doing all of the things that, um, construction and set design people, set decorating people do. I'm just curious if there was like sexism, uh, I never ran into that. I never ran into right. the, oh, we can't hire you because you're a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that was is also because having been a roadie, um, it's not that I lost my, you know, femininity, sure. but I think that my approach to work was always very kind of logic-based and, um, look, I, let me just do the job. Yeah. You know, and here's my, here's my portfolio, and if you don't want to hire me, then that's fine. I never, I never, if I didn't get hired for something, I never considered it because I was a girl. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, there must have been a designer that was better than me. Sure. Um, Honestly, I I feel like that's, that's feminism is not, not uh, thinking that not, not, there, there's nowhere not that you can go yeah. that you, uh, because you're because not attributing your, your yeah. failure to the fact that you have a vagina. Right. I mean, even though realistically it's important to be aware of the ways that mm-hmm. we are shut out of things, but I think that having, I really appreciate your attitude where you're just kind of like, oh, well, like I must not have been the right person for that job and kind of taking that attitude I, with you to, to the different industries yeah, that you've been in. Yeah, and I think in. that I've been very lucky and I've never really had anybody tell me I can't do something because I'm a girl. Yeah. People were like, well, you know, prove it, do it. And if you can do it, then we'll hire you. And, and I think um, that kind of roadie attitude, that, that stagehand attitude is what's kind of kept me going even now in porn is I have a very kind of masculine attitude about things. Um, I have a very kind of frap boy mentality about things. Um, not very political, um, about, uh, you know, feminist or size issues. I'm, I'm just kind of like, look, I'm here to do the job Yeah, and I'm here to have a good time. Mm -hmm. And if I do a good job, then I hope you'll hire me again. And if you, or, or, or buy my DVDs, and, and if not, let me know what I did wrong so I can do it better. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, I can't imagine anything more feminist than that, but, or more political than that, frankly, but. Right. And people have told me that, yes, I mean, for, for all of my, 
my poo-pooing of politics and porn, they're like, yeah, the fact that, but the fact that you are that way makes you political. And I'm like, mm. no, but I under, <laughs> I understand that you're you're not necessarily interested in in like uh, approaching things from that framework. Yeah, and and look, I, I'm genetically, I'm still, I, I'm obviously still a girl. I still have emotions. I still have hormonal changes throughout the month. There are days where I am. Uh, completely tearing myself down and feeling insecure, and there are days where I'm like, "Yeah, I'm totally taking over." But um, well, I, that just makes you human, honey. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I think, and that's the other thing is that guys do go through that too. Of course. And um, yeah, everybody goes through that. You know, but they kind of attribute that to a feminine quality. It's true, which is unfortunate. Totally. Yeah. Well, okay. So, but wait, do you have any like uh, outrageous, raunchy? sex stories I, from from being a roadie i don't okay you know i i but would you make <laughs> would could we make a movie <laughs> could we make could we use your could, will you like dress the set and make it that's how we'll make it authentic absolutely <laughs> we'll like Kelly shibari will make my like raunchy farty roadie smelly hairy i can absolutely do that in fact i'm 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 in the process of working on something very similar right now oh well we'll have to talk yes. about that later. yes we'll have to keep that off the record okay okay good um anyway okay thank you for indulging (laughs) what we're gonna talk about today yes now that we're all warmed up Mm -hmm. um is why are people into size so yeah so i think i think there are a lot of different things that we can talk about um so first of all once so you just kind of gave your origin story so Mm -hmm. once you got into porn you know i remember i first was familiar with your work through your website Padded Kink, which was the first BDSM plus size mm-hmm. sort of intersection of, of genres, yeah. hybrid fusion of genres <laughs> um, uh, that had ever been. The first, the, the official definition is the first multi-girl plus size kink site, membership site mm. uh, on the internet. Cool. And it's amazing. Patty Which is, is unfortunately not around anymore just because I, I just don't have the time or energy to uh, to invest in it. Or is it still like, can is that content still available no. or just no new? Yeah, there's just, the site is down. Okay. Um, it was around for about three years uh, and, and other people have kind of picked up where that left off mm-hmm. and have, you know, and it, and it allowed... You know, even in the first year that that site was up, there were a lot of plus size models that decided to add kink content to their their membership their own membership sites. So I think that's awesome. Um, that in and of itself, to me, I feel like I I did something good. <laughs> that is that is an interesting part of porn that sometimes people are very stringent about borders and mm-hmm. about genre borders, yeah. and they think that people if people are looking for a plus size DVD that the plus size has to look such and such a way. Mm -hmm. And if they're looking for a particular race or another particular body type or a, you know, or a particular identity that they're going to want to see whatever the sort of the already established sellable classic version of that is. Mm -hmm. And then there's not room for different, for, for different bodies, different expressions, different kinds of people, for example, the idea that you would not... So before Padded Kink, BBW plus size porn did not was have... just porn. It was right. just boy-girl boy or girl-girl sex on a couch or on a bed. Um, the 
you know, and again, this is this is kind of how I am about most things. Is if somebody tells me I can't do something, then I'm, <laughs> I, 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 you either and most people, you know, all people on the planet have have two choices when they're told they can't do something. Right. And, and it stems from like when your parents told you that you can't do something. Um, you could either bitch and whine and moan. Yeah. And and just mope around about the fact that you're not allowed to do something, or you figure out a way to do it. Oh my god, I feel like when people say that I can't do something, I'm like, oh, thank you for affirming that I can. <laughs> right, exactly. And so what happened with me um, is, uh, my last name is Shabari. Obviously, it's a stage name. Obviously. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask. Well, and, and Shibari is Japanese rope bondage. And, right. um, you know, when I first got on, into the business, I really didn't think I was going to be in the business for very long. I thought I'd be in for a couple of years, and then the, the Hollywood machine would come back, and I'd just go back to production designing. Right. And unfortunately, even now, it hasn't come back completely, and it's been seven years. Oh, man. Um, and, uh, and, and so when I first got in, I just went by just one name. Just Kelly? I was like Madonna or Prince. Or, you oh, know, I, I just had a one, one name name. Share. Mm, um, sure. Yeah, something like that. And uh, at a certain point, I was like, wow, okay, I guess I'm going to stick around for a while because Hollywood's not coming back. And and so we kind of, I, I sat around with a bunch of my friends, and then I went home, and I kind of, like, piddled around, and I kind of looked on the internet for, it's kind of like selecting a baby name, right? It totally <laughs> is, or a dog. Um, and, and we settled on Kelly because I'm half Irish, and mm. we settled on Shibari because I personally like bondage. Right, right, right. And, you know, and it was something I enjoyed in my personal life. Um, it, it seems also from, like, the people of color in the sex industry that I have talked to, there's always this, um, this decision about whether or not to... Uh, as Arabella Raphael puts it, like, pimp your ethnicity, exactly. right? Like, are you going to, like, for example, like, I've definitely, like, worked with, um, you know, uh, like, Asian American women who have, you know, names like Sarah, who then go by, you know, Yuki. Right. You know, but then I've also worked, but then I've also worked, by, I've yes. also worked with, with, you know, a, uh, you know, I, I've worked with this woman for a very long time who went by the name Colette, mm -hmm. uh, you know, who is, who is Asian American. And I right. think that for her, it was like a very deliberate decision where she yeah. was like, I want to be known for this like highly like literary name, yes. like instead of. Yeah. So in my case, it was, it wasn't really, you know, it was kind of a, yeah, let's pick an Irish name and then a Japanese name, but it was also, um, a lot of, you know, very much like, uh, how ethnic performers, um, select names that kind of pimp their ethnicity. Um, a lot of plus size performers have a tendency to use a name that, showcases a size or a descriptive so right. they're either their their last name is either um uh like their bus size whether it's 42 right. h or just bbw you know a lot of there's just like you know girls that are like jane bbw like that's their name i was like really bbw is your last name okay um <laughs> and then there's uh and then there's like the, a plethora of you know um buxom something or right. voluptuous something. Or even or, I feel like there's a little bit of a like almost uh, like ha I feel I feel like words like happy words right that are right. that are kind of like or almost uh, anyway I don't know. Yeah but yeah. there's like performers that have you know and some of the even larger like the supersized girls will have names like mountains as their last name um, or mounds or you know um, lumps. Yeah, you, you know, but you know where uh, I'm going. Is they're, yeah, they're really yeah, yeah. kind of showcasing and making, and they're owning the fact that they are a certain mm -hmm, size, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and showcasing that. And in my case, it was I didn't really want to go in that direction. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I really wanted to kind of focus more on 
on what I liked. And so my last name became Shibari, which then pissed off a lot of the Shibari artists in the in, on the interwebs. Sure. Who then proceeded That's to, where they live. To hit me up. <laughs> yeah, because they're not working at a dungeon. They're just all online. Um, is they all hit me up and say, how dare you? You're not a Shibari well, artist. That was How many of those people were white? Just asking. I don't know. But I, I, there was a large percentage just of them feel like I know that were more upset. Shibari artists. Well, they were more upset about the fact that when they went to Google and they typed in Shibari, I was the first three pages <laughs> before they can they get gotta to... They gotta work that out. That is... They, they, they're... they're <laughs> They gotta work out their own. Uh, what is it? Search search engine optimization. Right. See, I their know the SEO, fancy words. Kelly <laughs> so, um, and and, I, and 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 at that point, I'd really only done you know kink and fetish stuff in my private life. You know, it wasn't right. something I did publicly. Right. Right. Um, right. And and so a few people over the course of the next the first couple of years I was in the business uh, suggested me to kink which, to kink.com to kink.com in San Francisco. Um, with photos and the fact that I do this work and I had actually done uh, just a photo shoot tour of the east coast uh, um, of the 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 northwestern coast like Seattle mm. Portland sure and had done some rope bondage work um, and and had those sent in and uh, their response every single time like I didn't say I don't I can I can just <laughs> imagine but I, I they're very polite they are very professional yes but their but their standard pat answer was that I didn't, you know, they, they knew about me, they loved my work, uh, they, they were like, yes, she's attractive, however, she doesn't fit our size profile. And that was the phrase that they always used. And, you know, and luckily, I wasn't the one sending my stuff in, so it wasn't like I was getting a rejection letter. You know, I was telling people, yeah, you know, if you think I'm appropriate, please send my stuff in. And then, like, I'd be like, hey, did you hear back? And they were like, yeah, this is what they said. And the yeah. phrase was always the same. Well, isn't it so, I mean, not to... Well, whatever, it's my fucking podcast, and I can say whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, you know, it always strikes me as really funny when you have, like, if I'm happy to talk about the sex industry as an industry, and mm-hmm. to talk about it as business, and I think that the politics, as you were saying, mm-hmm. and the, the, the identity politics, and, and also the fucking human rights are, like, a very, very, very important uh, element of it, and the business is an important element of it too. Absolutely. And if there are fans, mm-hmm. like a proven fan base saying, we want to see this person on this site, then, you know, it, it's so interesting to me that the, that sort of maintaining a, a, pro, a, a profile mm-hmm. of is, what you think is the to, most lucrative seems to be, yeah, it seems to right. be the most important thing to maximizing profit than than actually well it's it's interesting and i think that my approach to the adult industry has been very different from most of the other girls who get into the business um mainly because i'm older you know i didn't get in until i was 34 um i already had a, two careers in other facets of entertainment with you know from rock and roll to to hollywood yeah um had dealt with enough rejection and hirings and firings and all that kind of stuff that come with you know over 10 years in, the, in both businesses that you you just go okay yeah fine you know you, you don't take any of that stuff personally you only see it from like the business down it's your company it's your decision how you want to run it right um yeah you know it'd be it'd be great if i was flown up to san francisco and i got to do a scene um since since then i've read enough blogs to kind of think rethink that initial thought and kind of be glad that i hadn't Right, gone to kink, because um, I think my career had would have taken a very different path. 
Um, hmm. And again, I'm a big believer in like things happen for a reason. You run into sure. people, you collaborate with people, you stop working with people, you date, you break up, you do all these things, and every single person comes into your life for a reason that is appropriate for that time. Yeah. And That's a, a good attitude. <laughs> well, I'm Taoist, so I'm very um, pragmatic that way. Cool. And doesn't mean that I don't have emotions, you know, I just, but I process How dare you? Yeah, exactly. How dare I have feelings? Um, but when the whole th- kink thing happened, by the third time it came around, it had been about two years in, and I said, you know, I could either just complain about it and, and do what most performers do, which is, at the, especially at the time, which is when Twitter was new, is go on and start starting a Bad war. thing, right. Right, and right, start right. a Twitter fight with the company. Well, isn't it interesting, though, because I, I really appreciate what you just said, like, just, you know, there's, there's plenty of critiques that I'm happy to levy against, <laughs> against um, kink.com, but, um, but ultimately, yeah, you make a really good point that um, it's, it's their business and they do what they want. They don't owe anybody anything. They don't. They don't owe anybody anything much like nobody. No company owes you a, a gig. Nobody owes you, you know, you getting hired. You know, you could go into the office and meet with the with the owner of the company, and he might be like, "Yeah, I'll hire you if you give me a BJ." He's still not obligated, right? You know, yeah, no, um, no contract, no, right? That's, yeah. <laughs> Unless there's a piece the, of paper. You know, if he's not a gentleman, then it's not a gentleman agreement. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> Feel free <laughs> to keep that in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of those things that came out of that was me deciding to create padded kink, which was. Look, I, I must I couldn't possibly be the only person that wants to work for a company called like kink.com and do kink and fetish scenes and um, are of a size that doesn't fit their size profile. And um, and so I kind of put it out there and I said, look, I'm I'm not an angel investor. I don't have millions of dollars. I can't own something as large as the armory. Um, however, if there are plus size lifestyle people, not models, right. not, not because kink also uses like porn performers who are not lifestyle people. That is true. Yes. About that. Yes. <laughs> and for me, it was, you know, authentic, you know, showing real people who are in that lifestyle who happen to be, uh, plus size and said, look, but I But also paying them, right? I wasn't. This was completely all trade. Okay. Um, and well, okay. Cause but... it was, it was more of a project than a business. Um, and it was, look, I have this project. Yeah. If you're interested in being part of this project, let me know. Um, I can come to you mm-hmm. and I will bring equipment and I will shoot the content and I will edit it on, at home on my computer and I will give you a copy. You could do whatever you want with it, with your copy. Yeah. You can sell it. You can give it away. I don't really care. So this is the origin of the of padded kink. Yes. as like a project. Okay, cool. Um, and it became a monthly, uh, I'm sorry, a weekly updated membership site uh, that also had like erotica writing once a week. It was mm-hmm. like plus size erotica, which was also kind of new, especially kink based. Um, it had like a photo set update and a video update. And and a, a lot of people volunteered their time for that. And unfortunately, um, it was one of those things that the, the, the pro, the pro of padded kink was you could go to the site and on any given week you would be able to see an update with plus size people in a kink or fetish situation that you may be into or you might not be into right you know because we wanted to show what they were into right so we had some people that were into pet play we were some people into needlework you know there's this um there there's some stuff that was extreme stuff some stuff that was like very soft yeah you know some stuff that didn't even involve penetration yeah um 
And so it was extremely eclectic, which sounds amazing. But at the same time, because it wasn't consistent with one theme, like kink.com has like five or six sites under its banner. Um, and they all like, if you are into wrestling, you can go to ultimate surrender and just oh, yeah. watch that week after week after week. Right. Formula. Right. With us, with padded kink, it became more of a, just a community, you know, so it, it made enough money on a monthly basis to kind of pay for the server. Right. But that right, was right. kind of it. Right, right, right. <laughs> and the rule was always... It's like keeping the lights on of the internet. Yeah. yeah. To like, it, it didn't even pay me. It like basically paid for like the server costs and maybe some advertising costs to kind of keep it going. Um, and then if I had to go to San Francisco or Vegas to shoot, it paid for like my gas. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, if it even did that. So after, you know, and it was nice enough that the Feminist Porn Award people gave me an honored website award for that the first year it came out. It got a, real, a, a decent amount of press, um, but after three years, it was kind of, I, I had to move on to things that unfortunately paid my bills. Right. And, and so we had to shut it down. But it was still a great project, and a lot of people were happy because of it, and, and now people are much more comfortable doing kink stuff on camera. Yeah, so you're, gr- you're groundbreaking. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying that you were groundbreaking. I think that there were plenty of people who were plus size in that community and in that lifestyle. And um, just the response from Padded Kink allowed them to go, oh, you know what? I'm going to start my own Clips for Sale site. Sweet. Um, I'm going to start my own fetish cam site, you know, and it got them to to be more open about it. And if if Padded Kink made them think that way, then, then I'm glad. So let's talk about mm-hmm. your members and to sort of uh, now start to get into the why of, uh, like, why are people into big girls, as you were putting it earlier? Yeah. Or, like, and really, we can talk more generally about why people are into anybody of, of, of size. Any size, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what is what is your... I mean, I have plenty to say about it, but I want to okay. know sort of, like, what's what's your line on that? Like, what's your what's your insight into... It's, it's funny. I've always been a big girl. Um, even when I was in junior high, I think I'm actually smaller now than I was in junior high, only because I'm taller now. Hmm. Um, but I was, like, a size 16 in junior high. Um I've never been smaller. I think I think when in college when I was working out at the gym like six days a week, two hours a day, um, and on Nutrisystem and like a variety of other diets, yeah. I think I got myself down to maybe like one sixty five, um, which was like a size nine ten. Yeah, but that's the smallest I ever got to. I mean, my grandmother, my Irish side, we're all big Midwestern football types. I'm the only girl. Yeah, but all my cousins, my dad, my uncles. My grandmother, my, you know, we're all big people. We're big Irish folk. Yeah. You know, um, they're all like over six feet tall. We're like linebackers. You know, I'm the smallest of the bunch at five, seven. And, um, you know, at a certain point you just go, yeah, okay, well, this is what I am. Whatever. (laughs) People like me. Great. If people don't like me, great. And, you know, granted, obviously I've been on numerous diets, you know, I, I try everything that was available, especially through high school and college. My mom had me on Weight Watchers for a while, um, just the, the food, right? which, you know, which is why now I have like this like giant distaste for zucchini. Cause that seemed to be like the filler for like every Weight Watchers meal in the, in like the eighties. 
Um, it's such a shame because zucchini is such zucchini a friendly plant. You know? I know. I'm trying to to reestablish my my relationship. I'll make you zucchini. some. I'll fry you some okay. garlic <laughs> zucchini, and you'll be like, this "I just is don't." Great. I think it's the combination of like zucchini stew, stew zucchini, and tomato sauce is something I never ever ever want in my life again. Yeah, no, that sounds yeah. that sounds <laughs> overdone. Yeah. Um, but like every microwavable meal by Weight Watchers in the eighties had was that was the filler. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Well, you I know, don't know why. <laughs> so you were talking earlier about intelligent hedonism yes. and you were talking we were talking about it a little bit with relation to food and mm-hmm. I, I definitely um relate to that as well where it's like Look, ultimately I just I just really I if I feel like I've cultivated a sense of what my body Mm-hmm. is asking for, like, when I need protein, when I need roughage, mm-hmm. and, like, I'm gonna listen yeah, I think to you, my body. you need to have a really good relationship with what your body is telling you it needs. Sometimes when I'm in a movie theater, my body is like, you want the popcorn. You want and, popcorn with and extra so, butter. So sometimes I have to, like, be self-disciplined and be like... like no, I don't. When I'm at the movie theater and there's popcorn with butter, I will have popcorn. I also will. But, yeah. the- <laughs> but that is why I am a plus-size woman. Right, right, um, right, right, right. And, and, and it's one of those, like, you can't... In, in my case, it's, um, it, and it really kind of hit home after my mom passed about three years ago. Um, she had breast cancer for four years. So she basically was, was ill and then passed away my entire time in the porn industry. Mm. And it really, I've always been kind of a bucket list, intelligent hedonist, do what makes you happy as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else kind of girl. Yeah. But losing my mom, I think, was a huge wake-up call or just a, a giant reminder that your time is finite. Yeah. You know, I mean, whether you believe in reincarnation or not, um, you don't get to remember the next time you're around. Yeah. You know, so you might as well be happy. And so my goal has always been to be happy. Here, here. And, and that means not... I mean, yeah, there's certain going to, going to be days where you're like, oh, God, I hate stuff. I hate my life, FML, right? Um, when things just don't go right. And and it's okay to allow yourself to feel that way in that moment. Um, but if your primary ongoing goal is to be happy, it really puts a very different spin on how you approach things that come your way. I do think that, yeah, to a certain You know, and when it comes to the... food... There's a lot of really good food out there, and I don't want to be relegated to eating zucchini stewed in tomatoes, right? Um, just because I want to fit into a certain pair of pants. I also, I, th- I think it's it's rarely it's rarely sustainable. Yeah, and and bodies change, metabolisms change, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Well, but we do, we do in our society, we do <laughs> idealize youth. When the metabolism is like a hummingbird, yeah, and um, for many people, mm. obviously not everyone, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and we do idealize thinness because of the media and of oh, the current the, media, the current right? media. Because if you look back at different decades and stuff, like right, Marilyn Monroe. Right. Well, but it's the thing that everybody keeps bringing up Marilyn Monroe. But Marilyn Monroe wasn't plus size. Like no, he, they wasn't. keep saying, "Oh, Marilyn Monroe was a size fourteen or twelve or whatever number it is that she was." But a size twelve back in her day, right, is like a size eight now. Right. So she was never really plus size, although they kind of like attribute her to that because she had a very strong hourglass figure. Um, but I think, look, I, I, I can, I can starve myself. 
I can I could pull a full on Kirstie Alley. You know, like Kirstie Alley was on Cheers for a long time, and when she came out with her autobiography, she admitted that the reason she was slender the entire time she was on Cheers is because she never ate, drank a lot of water, and did a bunch of coke. Yeah, the entire time. And so, if I want to be on the Kirstie Alley diet. It's expensive. It's expensive. I mean, I guess you save on food, but Coke it's is expensive. expensive. And I'll never get any sleep, and I'll, you know, and I'll just drink a lot of bottled water. Um, but, but when you see her in her natural state, you realize she's meant to be a big girl. She's really pretty as a big girl. Yeah. You know, I mean, she was pretty as a slender girl too, but, um, but she was miserable the whole time. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing that's, that's so, you know, she didn't sadistic about, yeah. about the, about the socialization is that, and not sadistic in a consensual way, is, yes. is the, the expectation of, of homogeny, right, instead of, instead of appreciating that, that bodies are different, and that bodies change, right. and that, and also that, I mean, I have to say that, like, when I... I'm like carrying around a little bit more Tina Horn, mm-hmm. like you know, maybe because I've like put on my winter especially coat. in Tina Horn's ass. Ex- well, you know, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's where it all goes to. Um, uh, that's like what keeps it's like my. But you do have a legend- winter. But you have a legendary ass. I mean, I do. Technically, leg- your Twitter account is the account for your ass. It, it is. It that's is like Tina the Horn's only ass. way I can right. I can tweet is if I is, is if, if your technically ass is if my ass is talking. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, we can we can talk about my <laughs> ass, but my my point is that is that when I um have put on a little bit of weight, I I I find myself and I'm very confident uh about my attractiveness and very confident in my body and very comfortable and like happy like mm-hmm. with myself and my body, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, like never have any trouble getting what I want, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I sometimes, I feel like if I'm seeing people that haven't seen me in a while and I'm like, oh, I put on a little bit of weight, I feel this, like, this, like, shame. Did I judge you? Well, I feel like this, uh, this, this horrible, uh, sort of, like, you know, uh, like, trauma from junior high school yeah, that, yeah, feeling that's, of, that's... like, they're gonna judge me that <laughs> I'm not self-disciplined enough, that I don't care, that I don't, you know, that I'm not, uh... That I'm but like, do you really care what they think? No, I don't. But I'm saying that there's a difference between actually caring and like the demons that rear head. And I'm just trying to be honest. Well, no, no, and that's history. That's that's trained. That's trained sense memory, right? Right. Um, those are memories from your childhood, and I think and and things that you have been told through the media. I I've always been plus size. I've always been kind of okay being plus size. Yeah. Although you know, as a as a mainstream constituent of the world um you're constantly barraged by people telling you that you need to be slender yes that is true um although i've been lucky enough to not ever have anybody break up with me because i wasn't thin enough that's cool um i never had a boyfriend who said oh you know you could stand to lose a few pounds i've been very lucky in that yeah um because people are assholes people can be you know and i've been very lucky to have avoided those guys yeah um and girls and uh but having been in the porn industry and putting yourself out there completely naked yeah, for the world to see, especially these days with the internet, um, it puts you under the microscope in a way that you might not have been able to otherwise. Um, in a really kind of ramped up, kind of extreme, like, yeah, here you go, and just kind of throw it in everybody's face. And yeah, the first couple of years I had uh, people who weren't kind of comfortable with the plus size porn phenomenon yeah which comes in waves by the way it's like a it's like a five-year wave and i kind of came in right at the beginning of this current wave and um 
and and so I, I had my share of criticism and you know from guys who were like oh well you're just a fat chick you know and, yeah. and, you, and, and as you grow in the industry you can again take it one or two ways you can either go online and start a twitter war with those people and just use up your entire energy just Feeding being negative yeah. yeah and being negative and and then beating yourself up about it later um or you can you can educate yeah and in my case uh my my time on social media has been extremely helpful to yeah. me in you're that, so good at it. <laughs> well i'm a social media addict like if i'm addicted to anything that would be that probably um, I love the interaction I have with my fans and with the people I have worked with online. And um, just approaching it, again, probably because I'm older, yeah. from a, hey, is that something that you would say to some girl on the street that you've never met? Yeah. Are you just saying that just because you're, there's like a keyboard and a couple of screens between us? Um, the block button is always great. Yes. <laughs> Um, and so over, over the past few years, I've been able to cultivate a fan base that has, that is extremely supportive, um, and, and likes the size that I am. Yeah. And I mean, even now, you know, we, every now and then you run into somebody, uh, who, um, like, cause I've collaborated with people who are slender. Right. And their fan base goes, oh, I can't believe you're doing something plus size. And those people that I've collaborated with have also been very size positive. Yeah. Um, and so through their sharing and saying, look, I'm, you know, and just understanding again, it's kind of like companies saying they don't want to hire you. Mm. You can't please everybody. You yeah. know, some people are not going to like me cause I'm, I'm big. Some people are not going to like me cause I'm Asian. Some people are not going to like me cause I'm brunette. Some people aren't going to like me cause I'm 41. I mean, there's so many reasons for people not to like me. And so many reasons for people to like but, you. But this is the thing. You can either concentrate on the stuff as to why people don't like you, or you can concentrate on the things that make you happy. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I want to ask you mm -hmm. about. So I love... So I also have always been essentially the shape that I am. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, athletic and curvy, but curvy in the ass sense like I don't even really have like childbearing hips I mm -hmm. like I'm just like junk in the trunk like always it's a totally family figure mm -hmm. thing right and like everybody in your family has this totally yeah. um and like itty bitty titties right and I you know and I've like had different phases of my life where I was like more or less active or more or mm -hmm. less like whatever but I've like basically always been this size and it's, you know, I have also always had a sexual preference for people who had, you know, something to grab hold of, um, something to squeeze, yeah. you know, something to, like, you know, completely smother you mm -hmm. in. And, um, you know, and now, at this point, I can definitely say that it's, like, a, a strong preference yeah. of mine and it doesn't really like there are certain I mean I'm an ass man for sure but mm -hmm. I also love big titties mm -hmm. and I love bellies you know like yeah. I love I love fuzzy bears you right. know and their fuzzy <laughs> bellies um, you just want to cuddle I do I do just want to cuddle all night yeah. um and I you know and I also I love like 
fleshy body parts in my face and uh, in my mouth. And it's I, why I like boobs. Yeah, because I want I want boobs in my face all the damn time. I mean, hallelujah. Yeah, boobs in the <laughs> face all the time. Yeah. I don't just... care if they're. I, I mean, my preference is natural, but I don't care if they're augmented. I mean, yeah, I just mean, want them in yeah. my face. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> My if there was some way for boobs is that they be in my face. <laughs> if there was some way that I could have like telescoping eyeballs so I can work on my computer while I had boobs actually. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In my face, I would be a happy girl. Wow, that sounds really nice. Why don't they invent that? We need to do this. We need to. Okay, this is how <laughs> Kelly Shabari and Tina Horn are going to make, this is how we're going to make our millions. Yes. Boobies that just like, where you like press a button and they like come down from the ceiling and just kind of jiggle in your face. It's like yeah, smack you in the face for they, a second and then. Yeah, that's what they need to actually do with Google Glasses. Like they need to give me the ability to have boobs in my face while I'm working. Yes. So what is it? What is it about the boobs in the face? For me, it's, it's, um... I love female skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a big fan of hair, mm-hmm. um, guys or girls. Sure. Um, I I just my entire family is pretty hairless, mm-hmm. you know. So I, you just kind of you you like what you're you grew up around, you know. So I my preference, you know, and again, it's not a, a fetish or anything, but my preference is for white guys. My preference is for guys without a lot of body hair. My preference is for guys with a full head of hair on their head, you know. My preference is for people who have some facial hair. Um, it, it, and again, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to date a Latino guy or an African-American guy or an Asian woman. Um, it's just that I tend to naturally gravitate towards, you know, all-American, mm-hmm. like the all-American white boy. Yeah, you've right? got a type. Yeah, that's what I go for because that's my dad. My dad is an all all American Midwestern Irish American white boy, you know, and 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 military at that. So I'm not into really like I'm not into long hair on guys. Mm. I'm into uh, a nice haircut, nice, you know. I'm I'm a big fan of tailored suits and ties, mm. and you know, I'm I'm into uniforms, you know, because I because that's what I grew up around. That's my ideal because that's my dad. But where do boobs fit into this, Kelly? Boobs fit into this because I'm a frat boy at heart. Right. You know, because I grew up to become a roadie and to, sure, and sure. to live sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So uh, part of that is, you know, Motley Crue, girls, girls, girls. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Totally. Is, you know, um, I grew up in the 80s with a lot of hair metal. Um, I grew up with the over-sexualization of women. Um, yeah, I feel like big boobs were a, a, were an yeah, 80s thing. Like, absolutely. if you think about, like, Porky's and, Porky's, and like, Baywatch, Fast Time at, at Richmond High, Baywatch. like, uh, that, that, yeah, that there was, uh, there was a, a focus on, on the, boobs. like, bazongas. Well, and I also like how my own boobs feel. Yeah. Like, they feel awesome. They feel great. You know, there's, like, I, there are times where I would lay in bed, I'm like, hey. That whole, that whole joke about, like, guys saying if I had boobs, I'd play with them all day. I do that. Same. So, Same. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not necessarily, you know, the, the running joke, especially lately, has been that I'm a waste of lesbian because I'm not necessarily into the, the, the vag. Mm-hmm. Um, having dated women, um, it's not that I'm against that part of the female anatomy. It's just my, my personal preference, again, goes to heteronormative. Sure. Um, and, and because I have a very kind of frat boy mentality about most things in my life, boobs are part of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's very soft it's very warm it's very like the skin is soft and it's just awesome yeah and that's really all i can say about it's like you know yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean i do think that there that the love of boobs Mm -hmm. is sometimes divorced from a uh gender orientation per se absolutely you know I, i think that and I mean, and so what I wonder mm-hmm. is, what is that about? Is that about, uh, you know, socialization and, like, growing up in a culture that, like, really idolizes um, big, boobs, big boobs? Or or do you think that it's a, it's a you know, do we want to go psychological and say well, that my it's mom a maternal never, thing? Yeah, because my mom, I was just going to say, my mom never had big boobs because she's Asian. Because she was Japanese, full on. From Japan. So she was a small woman. She was 4'11". She was very petite, you yeah. know. Um and I, I don't know. I think I've just, you know, but I did grow up also in a culture, thinking now, I grew up in a culture that was very kind of hentai and anime, where yeah. where those kinds of body parts were very sexualized. And, um, yeah, so, but, but for me, a lot of it was I didn't get into the, oh, I love big boobs, until I felt them for the first time on somebody else. And I was like, yeah, I want to be there. <laughs> Can I just live in there? Like in that cleavage right there. Um, and I think uh, I've always kind of been into women who are busty, but um, but it really kind of came into its own when I was a roadie. It's like I was the token girl that got to go to the strip clubs with the dudes. Uh-huh. And so getting boobs in my face at strip clubs made me happy and it's just kind of that's one of those things that like over time you go yeah that that's a good place (laughs) (laughs) that is a place that's a really good place and i'd like to stay there yeah so i think maybe that's why um i've also not you know men and women i've never been personally into very slender women i've never been into very slender men yeah um i've also at the same time not been into absolutely like like supersized men or women either i've always been into a what most people would consider i guess the definition would be healthy sure you know bordering on chubby um i like i like being able to squish a body yeah it's all my about body, the squish because my body's the same you know yeah. I, i'm a big hugger you know i like physical contact I love bear hugs. Yeah. You know, I give bear hugs or in my case, I guess they're panda hugs or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, God, amazing. I, you know, I, and again, it's, if you're slender, it's not that I'm going to hug you, but I personally am going to have a little bit more satisfaction out of hugging somebody who's taller than me, a little bit wider than me. Um, uh, and, and for all I know, that might go back to when I was a kid. Yeah, you know my dad. Some of the best memories I have of me and my dad, and I guess I don't want to get into like some weird reverse Oedipal complex thing. Um, but totally some of the me- the best memories I have with my dad is when I was a kid at church with my dad. 
Yeah. Because it, it was one of the few times that he and I got to sit together in close proximity because he traveled a lot. And so Sundays was like our time sitting on a pew and I got to to basically cuddle up next to him when I was like seven or eight or whatever. Um, and that comfort, that feeling of feeling protected, yeah, that was what was important to me. And for me, um, it's not that somebody who is built like Daniel Craig or uh, any of the very, you know, attractive, buff, mm-hmm. six or eight pack, packing dudes aren't going to protect me, but I'm always just going to feel more comfortable and protected around a guy who's bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think people look for when they are interested in BBW porn? Because, you know, unfortunately, you know, just like all of the other things we've talked about, race, identity, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. um, porn, you know, commodifies and is very reductionist. Yeah, exactly. And so... You know, and there there's a lot of a lot of, of problematic things like it that we that we've talked about like in in BBW in terms of like ridiculing the sexuality yeah. or like making a freak show like out of people who are um, plus size. But what do you think people people who are fans are? There's got to be something more than just yeah. like a, a, a like you know quote unquote like freak show attraction to somebody who is not you know. 100 pounds. I think that there's a, a couple of ways to answer that question. Um, the interesting thing about plus size porn is porn by its very nature is, 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 is visual. Yes. The, the most attractive quality about a plus size man or woman is tactile. Yes. You don't get that by watching it. Um, That's so interesting. And, and I think that that is one of the reasons why so many of them also do sex work like private sex work on the side right is is they you know they have they 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 feel and their fans feel um that it's not just enough to just see them Mm. um and and i think it's a very different kind of desire than you know oh i want to see you know a vivid girl Mm -hmm. you know um because that's kind of like more of a frat boy like yeah i got to fuck a porn star Right. There's that aspect. But with plus size, um, I think there's a certain element of, yeah, I got to fuck a porn star. But I think it's also, I got to hold a plus size girl hmm. um, that I've seen on camera that I think is absolutely gorgeous, that fits into my ideal. Um, but but there's something missing in plus size porn, which is the tactile aspect. But don't, I mean, I mean, I think that plus size people are really sexy to look at and mm-hmm. objectify as well and th- to watch fuck. I wish more would actually go to, like, for a lot of conventions, I'm really, like, the only one that mm-hmm. goes. Um, I've seen more of them come out lately, but I think that more fans would attend mm-hmm. um, if they knew that they can actually touch them or hug them. But I just, I just want to say that I feel like, you know, whether it's Bouncing titties or bouncing booty Ass. or yeah, exactly. or a jiggling belly, a, exactly yeah. like or the way that like people like you know of different sizes look when they are 
folded up and getting mm-hmm. fucked or like in all kinds of different positions or like doing you know doing like the same thing that anybody else in porn or a strip club would do of like the strip tease like seeing seeing somebody's body is like mm-hmm. visually also like yeah. really no, no, because you're really we're sexy still, we're still very visually stimulated yeah so there is that which is why bbw porn is popular um there's actually an article that just came out yesterday two days ago one of the uh, the affiliate webmaster companies mm. said that compared to this exact same month last year, there's been a 34% increase in search searches for BBW. Cool. Um, which is very telling. You know, it's... I think more people actually prefer women who have a little bit of meat. Right. On their bones um, than they care to admit publicly. And right. I think a lot of that has to do with peer pressure. Yeah. Um, I think that also... There's actually a very in- interesting statistic that uh, says that when you look at age demographics of people and what they watch, mm-hmm. um, guys who are obviously they're not supposed to be watching porn with their under 18, but the demographic of like the 13 to 18 year olds, they have a tendency to when they do watch porn, um, watch what they they feel they're supposed to be watching. Sure, sure. You know, so they they watch like their version of. Uh, Baywatch, which, right. you know, so a lot of them are the vivid girls, the, the digital playground girls, um, the, the petite augmented breast bleach blonde California, you know, sure. Sex pot. Right. Um, which and, we're, you know, I'm, 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 which we are not in I'm that to- demographic at well, all. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel like they're, uh, and I'm not saying that, that you're accusing you of doing this, but I, I, I just want to say all the love to mm-hmm. those to those models and all the love to people for whom that is oh, your type. Absolutely. Like, I, you know, sometimes I feel like these conversations, like, end up, like, sort of, like, hating oh, God, on no, the, no, like, no, no. quote-unquote bimbo, and I just yeah. want to, like, disclaim and say yeah. that, like, all the love in the world, that's what diversity is. Diversity yes. actually means yes. not just choosing something else as the oh. new and and there ideal. are and, and there are amazingly classy, sexy women in slender porn as there is in plus size porn and there are absolute train wrecks in plus size porn as well as in slender porn sure so um but you were but saying so then when you're people... taught so you you watch what you're taught because that's you're... very and that's very true and and the interesting statistic is that as people get older hmm. and they're less influenced by peer pressure um there's actually a natural um move towards more amateur porn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the interesting thing about about all all if not most amateur porn is that people are built normal there are all sorts of different shapes and sizes they have hair they don't have hair they have tattoos they don't have tattoos right, right you right. know they they have jiggly butts they have cellulite they have all sorts of stuff and and it becomes you, older older porn watchers have a tendency to kind of gravitate towards stuff that um is more authentic looking Right. And less fantasy based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I found that most of my fan base, in an interesting way, just the fact that I am personally older, I think it's it like helps how, them too. It's like <laughs> how younger people like want to go to the multiplex mm-hmm. and see things explode. But then when they get older, they want to watch documentaries. Yeah, although I still want to watch things blow up. So do I, and, and when I was a kid, I liked watching. documentaries. But no, like... you're always going to have people who are always, like, like I, yeah, there might be some gravitation towards, like, me see, wanting to see some amateur porn, but I think I might still be 60 and still want to watch girls with big boobs. Oh my so. god, I also just, I can't, I can't handle um, the, 
like webcam sounds and like cheap digital camera like sounds mm-hmm. and like the sounds of like uh like bed like sheets like yeah. rubbing it's like it, i can't i can't get turned on by it because there's just too much of that kind of like clicking noise well, of the camera i can't and that's the best part about the internet is you know it used to be where you had to go and go to some little cd back alley you know adult video store peep show to get your rocks off or to right. find something or you kind of had to try to get a scrambler to watch like the adult channels or like see it through all oh, yeah, like, the yeah, grain yeah. on the tv oh yeah um but now with the internet you can see there's so many different kinds out there Right, so right, that, right. And I think that that's why people are starting to see, oh, wow, plus-size porn. It was so funny. The first couple, three years I was in the business, people didn't even know that plus-size porn existed. Mm-hmm. And people found Well, you were me, saying that you didn't. I didn't either, right? Yeah. Like, I grew up watching Vivid and Wicked and Digital Playground and all that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. Um, and, and, if it, and, and as much as I hate free porn, and I do. Um, if it weren't for free porn, I think there's a large segment of the population that wouldn't even know I existed. Right. You know, because they found me for the first time on those sites. Right, right, And, right. you know, as a, there's no plus-size contract system for, <laughs> with any of the studios. Um, I, I really think that uh, I would have really been in the business for two or three years and then kind of faded into obscurity, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and if it weren't for the Internet. So for that, I'm kind of grateful. Do you yeah. think that that's changing? Do you think that's going to change, like with the AVN BBW category, and do you yeah, think there's going to be more contract work for? I don't think so. I don't think there's really even now. There's just not enough work to maintain right um, a contract system mm-hmm. with one studio. I think even like the main companies, Evil Angel, Nuisance, uh, um, Red Light District, Zero Tolerance, all these companies who are mainstream porn companies have tried a BBW line at one point or another, whether it's one title a year or they do two or three in a row and then they eventually drop it Mm. and it's not because there isn't a fan base where people are buying it it's just when you compare it to mainstream porn the profit margin is different and again you just kind of get back to business it's not personal when evil angel stops doing bbw porn or, or zero tolerance or red light district discontinues that plus size line that one title they do a year it's not because they don't like big girls Sure. It's just, it's just, it's just business. business. Well, okay. So let's, let's bring that back to something that you we were talking about earlier with the size profile, mm-hmm. because, because what you're talking about is, you know, turning like, you know, plus size models into, they, they like, they have to have their own line that's right. over here that's like segregated. Right. right. And part of that has to do with the, 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 the size profile, whereas perhaps what if we got to a point where like different bodies were just considered that they could all like be in the same movie together right. you know well that's so. that's kind of the goal of feminist porn right um or humanist porn or however you actually want to like, sure. like de- define that um the what a lot of people forget about porn is porn isn't a documentary word it isn't sex ed word it's it's a way for people to escape for three minutes <laughs> however long they need to, <laughs> to get off um and and to enter a fantasy with a variety of girls or yeah. men depending sure. on what kind of porn you like sure um that allows you to again like you know escape it's, it, get away for a little bit uh long enough for you to masturbate that's what i use it for right and that's what i use it for and 
Um, and that's what I've always used it for. I, but I have a, a very old fashioned because I started watching porn in the eighties and nineties. I have a very healthy understanding of what porn is to me. Yeah. Like I don't have any delusions that I'm, you know, when I was watching porn, not in the business, I didn't have delusions that I would someday meet Steven St. Croix or Randy Spears or Evan Stone or, or Ron Jeremy. Right. I, or have you met them all now? Yes, I have. <laughs> I have. But you're you're a and bad I, example. <laughs> and I've had sex with Ron Jeremy. It's like bizarre. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. How was that? Um, Speaking of size, Ron is an older gentleman these days, and so our scene was mostly um, manual. Uh huh. What was that scene for? Uh, it was for a movie about hairy women. Oh, cool. About Harry Milfs. It's like probably like the only MILF title I've ever done. Um, and it was really literally because I hadn't been working for about four months. I just kind of stopped shaving. <laughs> so I was like, right. oh, I have hair. <laughs> and so I got hired for like one title. Uh, and it was me and Ron Jeremy. And it's the first time I've actually ever squirted on camera. Wow. So yeah. So I Go mean, Ronnie, Ronnie might be an older guy, but and he might be the hedgehog, but he certainly has been in the business long enough to know how thing, how the female anatomy works. God bless yeah. him. Yeah. God bless him. Okay, so wait, so backpedaling, wait, so here's here's what I want to say about this whole size profile thing, right. because I actually have never really gotten a chance to publicly talk about the fact that I think it's really interesting that, like, I, for example, mm-hmm. like, uh, like, you were talking earlier about, um, expectations that people have, for example, about... like an Asian woman Mm -hmm. and like whether or not like she's going to have big, big tits. Right. Right. So, so I think that there is a, an inscription of what size, what a BBW size is. is. So like I, for example, uh, you know, in my involvement in the sex industry, like I'm always going to kind of come up against people being like, well, you're not the skinniest girl here, or, you know, we're, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I've actually had, like you were saying before, like, I've been very lucky to, maybe because of my confidence, maybe because of whatever, like, maybe because I have a small waist, like, you know, to not have had that much in seven years in the industry mm-hmm. of clients or producers or other performers, like, give me pushback, like, about the fact that I'm not, like... The idiot's the teeniest polka dot bikini in in the biz, right? But at right? the same time, your your tenure in the business hasn't necessarily been in mainstream porn. That that is right? that is definitely true. Although, yeah. but my my direct service providing like mm-hmm. definitely is sort of a, a a not necessarily just the like sort of like queer porn niche. Right. But world. you also you probably also advertise yourself authentically. You say this is how I'm built. Yes, I definitely do not pretend... Yes, you don't have people coming to the door thinking that you've only taken a photo of you from the waist up and seeing you and go, wow, that's a big... No, I No, no, no. I come to the door with people looking for this. For a specific your ass. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Um, But I I would be really, I think, out of place in a film, for example, like a a DVD of BBW performers. Right, right? because the majority of BBW porn concentrates on busty women. Right, exactly. And not on hippie women. And there should be. There should be a line of porn for for men who are into big asses and not really could care less about boobs. 
Because I've met those. I've met men who really could care less about boobs. Yeah, I just I've met quite ass. a lot of. Yes, yeah, somehow right. they seem to wash up on my shore a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, but yours is like a tractor beam, so it's like everybody coming to the ass mothership. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's like the funkadelic. Right, you are mothership. You are the ass. You know the bootylicious mothership. It's oh my goodness. Okay, but but, <laughs> but yeah, no. But per- personally but, but, but and getting, professionally, right? It's like I I do at, meet a lot of of ass men, right? Yes. But there are also women in the industry because I've run into fair, a fair number of women who are like, hey, I want to get into the business, but I'm and I'm plus size, but I'm not busty, right? And right, I right. but I have a giant. My body is pear shaped. I have a right. big ass, and I have a lot of men who love it, but nobody's really picked up on that, and a lot of that has to do with the company owners. You I know. mean, I feel like every big booty movie that I've seen, it's like the either it's you know shot very racialized, or that? shot with a fisheye lens. <laughs> yeah, or or like the you know the the performers in it, they like have bubble butts, right? And like bubble butts are great, but you know, no, and I love them, but they're not. They don't. It's like they're. But there's no BBW company that's done a hippie movie. Yeah, and there should be. Yeah, you know, but. The interesting thing, again, we go back to it being a capitalist ideal, right? Sure. Is the, you know, a company who shoots plus-size porn featuring women who are busty know that they're also going to have some crossover consumers who like busty women and and, and are are tolerant, quote-unquote, tolerant of a little bit of chub on a girl if he gets to see giant boobs. Right. Right? You don't necessarily and a, a lot of those company owners are personally also into big boobs right so um you know i know you mean there's a connection between what people like personally and what they, what they yeah <laughs> I, what I, what I, I, <laughs> mind blown <laughs> <laughs> no so if you if there was a company owner or a producer that wanted to get into creating even one dvd that was into larger women that specifically concentrated on their butts I think that there would be a market for it, however small it might be, it would be extremely loyal. Yeah. And that's how it was with Padded Kink, is that um, it was a very small amount of, you know, there was no profit, right? It was just enough to kind of keep it going, but everybody who signed up never left. Yeah. You know, it was extremely loyal. Yeah, I mean, my so, client, my clients over the years have, have been the same way. They're, you know, they're always like, I'm so happy to, like, find someone like you but that also has to do with the fact that the work that i do is is fetish work and so it's like going to be about like ass worship spanking face it smothering exactly yeah yeah and and so you know again it, it really just boils down to business you know and it's not personal and it's not emotional work and it's it really is what product makes the most amount of money yeah and i think that if there was a significant amount of men, especially, and people are starting to gravitate towards that, you know, over the past few years of, uh, you know, towards women with big butts, um, that there might I be. I take complete credit for that. Right, exactly. Yeah. You started, you started that whole revolution. Yeah. Um, Where's my kickback? <laughs> Where's my Well, royalties? you should make a movie that just features pear-shaped women. You should. I could do that. You know? Yeah. 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 And people would come out in droves. It would just who be face Who wants, who's listening? Who yeah, wants who to wants finance to get that? Get it while it's hot. <laughs> exactly. Um, We're giving away free ideas, folks. And, and that's the interesting thing about size, about men and, or, and women and their preference for, for partners um, and the porn that they watch is when you, when they say, oh, I like big girls, it's such a wide gamut. I mean, you've got guys who are just into like chubby girls. You've got guys who are into the supersized 
you know, four or 500 pound women. You've got guys and girls who are into gainers hmm. who all they want to do is watch them eat. Right. And get on a scale and go, oh, I gained 10 pounds today. You know, there's going to be guys who are into big boobs. There are guys going to be into uh, big butts. And there are also guys who really could care less about stum- uh, about boobs or butts and really just want to see you jiggle your belly. Yeah. You know, and that's why, like, fetish clip sites, like, clips are great for that because you get to see everything. It's all there. Hmm. You know? Um, I have friends of mine who are Amazons who are, like, you know, almost seven feet tall and just giant-ass women. Yeah. And... Um, but they're not necessarily, they're, they're, but they're still like height, weight proportionate for their seven foot tall size. Right. They're, they're just not, you know, so they're not super sized women except vertically, you know? Right. Um, and, and I think that that's the interesting thing about size and preference in general is, you know, hopefully people are cognizant of their own preferences enough over time as they get older to go, you know what, this is what I like. Yeah. You know? Um, and this is what I don't really like, but that's okay. It's very kind of, your kink is not my kink, but that's okay. It's so like, if somebody if somebody knows that they... So let's go back to the, you know, young person who is looking at porn that they think that they want to, but they know that what they really like is somebody who has got... 50 pounds mm-hmm. on the models that they think that they're supposed to like. Mm-hmm. Um, what would your advice be to somebody who knows that that's what they like, but they're not quite sure how to, you know, they don't want to like objectify somebody. They don't want to be like, you know, they don't, they don't want to like go on OkCupid and be like, I'm looking for a big girl because it's yeah, like, what's wrong with that? I mean, there shouldn't be anything wrong with knowing what your preference is. I agree. You know, I think most more people are afraid of being judged for saying what they like. Yeah. Um, because the assumption is that if you say you like something, uh, the assumption is that you don't like anything else. Isn't that interesting? You That's know, really and so true. if I say my personal preference and what I gravitate towards are, you know, tall, all American white dudes with a, with with a full head of hair and some facial hair and are nerdy geeks, right? Right. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not into black guys. It doesn't mean I'm not into women. It doesn't mean... You're not into bald guys. Right. You know, it doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that my preference tends to gravitate me towards those people. And you're very, you're very, like, pragmatist, realist. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, a kind of person, <laughs> so you're I'm very not afraid based. to say that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and if pe- and, and I have. I've had people say, oh, you know, all most the majority of the porn I've ever seen you perform in has been with white dudes. Does that mean you're not into the brothers? And I'm like, no, it doesn't mean that. Actually, it actually means that those companies haven't hired me to do interracial scenes. Right. You know, um, I've dated black guys. I've dated Latino guys. I've dated African-American women. I've dated all sorts of people. You also, know? who you perform with is not necessarily a reflection of But your- that's what most consumers that's what they think though right. because they equate so many people equate especially these days they equate porn with real sex right and it's not you know um my job isn't you know there's there's companies out there amateur porn companies feminist porn companies that are really they really push the agenda of the authentic orgasm the authentic sexual experience caught on camera right um that's the thing it's a thing, but I've never wanted to make a private sex tape at home with a boyfriend. Yeah. I've never, um, 
I'm not I'm not an exhibitionist that way. I'm actually a voyeur. Hmm. And um so I don't I'm not a swinger. I'm not poly. I don't go to swingers parties. Yeah. Um I've been to one and I thought it was eh. it wasn't sure. really my thing. Um my job is to be the best entertainer I can be. You know, and that depends on who hires me and and, and, and and on occasion like I get asked, you know, you have a choice of these three performers, who do you want to work with? So there's a choice to and a certain like, extent. Hmm, let me look at my bucket list. Well, and a lot of it, yeah, it's part, partly my bucket list, but partly also um, watching their other scenes and going, sure. I think that that person and I would have good chemistry on camera mm-hmm. um, because the things that he does on screen with other performer, other female performers are things that I think I would respond well to. Mm-hmm. So it really is very technical, yeah. <laughs> very logical. Yeah. Um, and it's not a, a matter of going, oh, yeah, I totally think he's hot and I want to take him home and I want to fuck him. It's less that and, and really is very, um, very production based for me, yeah. <laughs> which kind of makes me different from a lot of performers out there. Um, you know, I, I get asked all the time on social media and on interviews, like, you know, do you have, a, do you really come on camera? And I was like, well, but that's not my job. Hmm. You know, my job is to put on a good show so that you can watch it and you can jerk off and you can have stuff come out of your penis. That's my job. <laughs> Or wherever. Or wherever. If you if you want to watch it and you want to squirt all over the place, then that's good, too. So how can people be more size positive? Do you have a prescription? Yeah. It's really simple. It's called don't give a shit. <laughs> and I, and I, it, it, it really is, um, don't give a shit about what other people think, but, but listen to your own body. Well, tell me about your upcoming uh, collaboration with Jessica Drake. Yes. Um, so part of that, and it's kind of interesting because, you know, because, you know, size acceptance really isn't my platform. But if you actually watch the movie, you'll see that the angle really isn't about size acceptance. It's, it's kind of like a secondary thing. So, but tell us what it, yeah. tell us what it so is. So Jessica Drake, uh, who is a contract performer and a director over at Wicked Pictures, which is like a giant, like behemoth of a company in in porn um they do not do plus size porn um but jessica uh, they're very kind of big into like couples porn and and sex education and jessica has a line of educational uh, videos called jessica drake's guide to wicked sex and they've done everything from threesomes to fellatio to um uh girl on girl sex to um all sorts of different topics yeah and i i've been wanting to do a educational dvd for people of size yeah for about four years now and i kind of went around to everybody and i said hey i want to do this you want to do it and they were all like oh i don't know and then like i wouldn't hear back from them um and i think it's either because they didn't understand the topic well enough or they didn't want to offend people by saying the wrong thing sure um i mentioned it to jessica and she immediately was like yeah let's do it She's she's a, she's like just come onto my radar recently, but she's, she's amazing. She's a real real badass. Yeah, I thought that I was pretty compassionate until I met Jessica Drake, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> you you are on like planet compassion all the way over here," and I'm like in a satelliting moon. So so how so how I mean not obviously not giving away the whole the whole film, but mm-hmm. how can you give me an example of how sex education um, for 
plus size mm -hmm. folks is going to be different than your average sex ed. Well, movie. it's interesting because, um, you know, one of the things you don't want to say to any sort of marginalized group of people, whether it's race or size or whatever, or ethnic group or, or religious background or political aff affiliation, sure. you don't want to tell them what they can't do. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was very, very important for me to make sure that people watching the movie understood that just because I show a few positions that work ergonomically yeah. and it is super nerdy. It's like these positions work because this, these positions allow you to have better penetration. Right. Um, if, but there's a huge disclaimer with that that says, you know, just you know, some women are 500 pounds and more flexible than me at 200. Sure. Right. Um, and, and might be more flexible than some people at a hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, and some people who are a hundred pounds are more flexible than some people who are 200 pounds. So, um, just because I show these positions doesn't mean that it's the end all and be all. Right. And so that's, that's definitely mentioned in the film. Um, something that's different with this movie compared to some of Jessica's other sex ed movies, um, is the inclusion of communication exercises cool yeah like so we do the traditional sex ed stuff where we talk about these positions work great because this means your penis can go into her vagina deeper um or these positions work better so you're not putting all your weight on her or him um and these positions work better um so there's less strain on your knees mm -hmm. right so super ergonomic so super nerdy um but then we also talked about people's attitudes towards their own size and how to communicate that to their partner. Because something that's really interesting is, especially with people, with women who become pregnant and they're in committed relationships, um, gain weight. Like, they they met, they dated, they got married, and then they got pregnant, and then she got pregnant, all when she was a certain size. Right. And then she gained, like, 40 pounds or 50 pounds or however much weight she, weight she gains. And not everybody is Beyonce. Not everybody is... You know, here, here. right? You don't you don't snap back, <laughs> right? Nobody's a Kardashian, you know. Like uh, you know, even the Kardashians have plastic surgery. So, you, you know, some people just, especially normal, you know, normal Americans have lives that require them to go to work, have babies, take care of all this stuff. They don't have time to go to a gym six hours a day with a personal trainer and, right. and a nutritionist. Um, and then they go through this mental like block where they go, oh, I don't have the body I used to when he fell in love with me or mm, she fell in love with right. me. And, and so now I, I don't see myself as beautiful anymore. And people's bodies change. I mean, we've talked change about this the whole time, age. but like regardless of, of, of pregnancy mm -hmm. or, or gender, people's bodies change. Um, but particularly with pregnancy, but also with age, yeah. people go through like a phase where they're like, oh, I am not the hottie I used to be. Right. 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 Um, even if they used to be plus size before, like, you know, bodies change Yeah. and I'm not the, I'm not the, I don't look the same, especially with, it's even age, right? Right. My body isn't hanging the way it used to be right, when right. my girl or guy started Yeah, perfectly healthy. Dating. Yeah, go for it. And, um, and so what do I do with that? And so a lot of people, they combat that with turning off all the lights, wearing a t-shirt to bed, you know, right. having sex under the covers. Right, right. Not, and not not knowing how to tell their partner that they still want their partner, you know? And then, so they start doing all this like hiding stuff and very kind of like self 
deprecating kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then their partner goes, oh, well, but I still find you attractive because, like, as a relationship grows, it becomes more than just physical. You know, people fall in love with each other's personalities and how they make them feel rather than just the superficial, oh, I just think you're hot and I want to bang you all the time. Right. So, although that still happens, (laughs) even if, like, people's bodies change. And so, like, there's this communication breakdown that happens. Right. And so the communication exercises we have in the movie help a couple to sit and either talk to each other with the use of some of the aids that we have or to actually have physical um, contact exercises yeah. that not only help uh, one person feel better about or, or more, just more in touch with their body and how it's built and how it feels as well as with a partner. So we made sure that that was a really big component of that. That's fucking awesome. I mean, that those communication techniques I'm sure would be useful to anybody for any desire in any situation actually and I think it's 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 also interesting to note look it's it's a movie it's probably going to be edited down to about two hours yeah uh there's the communication exercises there's position demonstrations and then there's um uh discussion about toys and you know aids and things like that and then there are an additional three hardcore scenes there, where I have commentary, and you can watch it either with or without the commentary. So if you want to watch it, like, you know, you can watch Oh, yes. <laughs> now I can see she's using it uh, is, that's it is. Five, five stars for the use of, of the pile driver. Well, we're yes. not really quite, you know, like, a, 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 awarding points, but it's definitely like, you know, watch watch as he touches her here and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So it, That's um, great. Right. I, no, I, all joking aside, <laughs> I, I love that. And, and I know. Like with anything else that any company does, you're never going to cover every single topic ever. Sure. You know, um, I'm hoping that it inspires maybe another sex ed company to come up with their own version that to cover some of the other topics. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want this to be the end all and be all. This just happens to be the first, the first, <laughs> because that's my <laughs> ongoing goal. Um, uh, it's the first ever. And there's plenty, like if you go on online, there's plenty of blogs and there are a few books out there about plus size sex but this is a whole different I mean this is very high profile and it's very visual like because there is no video this is the first video ever yeah so um, I'm hoping that at the very least this gets people talking yeah Um, at the very most I hope it gets more chubby people having sex sweet (laughs) well Callie thank you so much for coming on the show we talked about we I feel like we went everywhere (laughs) together we went on a little tour Why Are People Into That is produced and hosted by moi, Tina Horn. You can follow us at Into That Podcast and like us on the Facebook. Our theme song is by Pine from Oakland, California, and our website, whyarepeopleintothat.com, was designed by Justin Levesque. We are exclusively underwritten by Smitten Kitten, the progressive sex toy store for everybody, who you can find online at smittenkittenonline.com. See you next time.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.